and join us for our worship service this morning. This morning we have a few announcements. Every Wednesday night we meet here in the church in our fireside room for Bible study and prayer. And right now we're going through the book of Christ's Object Lessons. It's a wonderful book. How Jesus' amazing parables and the lessons that he has to teach us with that. Today, we are having a lot of wonderful things happening. The 31st is Pathfinder Day, not today, right? Today we start working with... Oh, today. Okay, today Pathfinder's registration is open. And if you have a child that's Pathfinder age, uh, ask somebody for information if you would like. And Pathfinders is, and adventures are now beginning. That's today at 3 o'clock here in the church. 3 o'clock today. And tomorrow is a very special day. We have women's ministry being initiated. And we'll invite Rita to come up and give us some more information about that. Thank you, Rita. Thanks. Tomorrow is the first. It's the first regional women's ministries re meeting for the area. We're taking some spe special precautions because of the times that we live in. But if nothing else, you need to know this. The men's ministries are providing breakfast tomorrow. So if nothing else, you need to come and see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hope it's edible. It'd be an experiment anyway. Anyway, we're going to do some planning, have a devotional, have some sharing time together, and look at the future a little bit together. And I hope many of you will come because people are invited from everywhere in our region, from AD, Caribou Central, Quinell, 100 Mile, and even from here. Hope to see you there. Thank you, Rita. And... Adventure induction and Pathfinder induction will be on the 31st of October. So please plan on coming out and celebrating that with our youth on the 31st. More information will be coming up about that. I'd like to invite you to open up God's Word this morning to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. This has been one of my very favorite verses. There are so many verses in the Bible that are so wonderful. I have too many favorites. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That means an awful lot to me. I'm so glad I get to walk. Oh. As we come up to Thanksgiving weekend, next weekend, please spend some time thinking about what do you have to be thankful for? Even the most simple little things in our lives, like Adam spoke about last week, all the little miracles in our lives. Start thinking and give God a special thanks this coming week and especially on the weekend of Thanksgiving. Would you please stand with me this morning as we begin our worship service with prayer? 
Kind Heavenly Father, we thank you again for bringing us into your house this morning so that we can fellowship with each other and more importantly, we can spend time with you so that we can get to know you better and we can begin to reflect you in a much clearer way. Please guide and bless our thoughts and please guide and bless Pastor Tony as he presents to us a message this morning about your amazing gifts to us. Thank you so much for your love and thank you so much that you have made us a part of your plan to spread that love to each other and to the world around us. Thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Our opening hymn is hymn number two, All Creatures of Our God and King. Do we have that on the screen? Yes, we do. Wonderful. Hymn number two. Creatures of our God and King. Yes, please stand. Lift up your voice and with us sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Opening sun with golden beam and silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise him. Oh, praise. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, rushing wind and breezes soft. Oh, clouds that ride the winds aloft. Oh, praise him. Creator bless and worship. 
worship him in humbleness. Oh, praise him. <coughs> praise the Son. Oh, praise the Spirit. This morning, our offering is for BC, Reach BC and Yukon. And we have that box on top of the audio desk. So as you're leaving today, please remember to drop off your tithes and your offerings. Our God is so faithful. How can we thank him by returning our tithes and offering one little little way that we can this morning we have a special music with Nathan he is a friend of Philippe and Matthew and he is going to come and play for us this morning thank you Nathan Our scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice 
to God for a sweet-smelling savor. If you are able to, please kneel as we pray this morning. Kind Heavenly Father, again we approach your throne with hearts full of gratitude for what you have done, for who you are, and for, you, and for who, whom you have made us to be, your children. We thank you so much that we get to call you our Father. Please guide and bless our hearts today as we worship you on your Holy Sabbath day. As Pastor Tony speaks to us your word about families and about how very important family is to you, how you want us to love each other and to care for each other. Thank you so much for your love to us, our Father, our amazing, loving Daddy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again this week, we have two families to pray for, Lucas and Melanie Kafuk, and Bob and Sharon Morgan. I don't see either of them here today. I think that Lucas and Melanie are fighting a cold, and... Sorry? Oh, and then Bob and Sharon, I don't see them here today either. But please remember them in your prayers this week. And we welcome Pastor Tony to give us another sermon. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Okay, we're good. Hello, church. Happy Sabbath. So happy to see you. What a wonderful day we have. And God is good to us, isn't he? Robert said something this morning that I really appreciate. And and then uh, Richard also mentioned about it. Has God blessed you this week? Has God been good to you this week? There are a number of things why we should be thankful to him. And especially we are a testimony of that just because we are here today. The reason that you're here this morning, the way that you came to this place today, testifies the Lord, has, the Lord has been good to you, has been good to me. I know it's been a tough week for many. I know this week has been very rough in many, many ways, and, and only you know the, the details of it. But thank God for the Sabbath, and thank God for His church, that we're able to come together today and meditate on His Word and be nurtured by Him. And listen to his advice. So today, once again, I want to tell you, it is time for us to see Jesus. It is time for us to have a connection with him. It is time for us to have this encounter with him. Today, our topic is titled, Happy Families, Not Perfect Families. 
And I tell you, there is so much to say about that, that I hope this series will help us out to understand a little bit more of what God has in store for us and the plan that he has for each one of our families. God wants to save your family. Jesus is in the business of saving families. Yes, salvation is personal. And yes, salvation comes by my decision. But he is wanting to save your whole family. So this message is for you. It's not for the one who couldn't make it today. I know in many ways we tend to say, well, I wish this person was here this morning. I wish she had come today. It was a message for her. Let me tell you, God wants to speak to you today so you can be a blessing to them. So as much as you pay attention and you share with others what you learn, you also will be now a vessel of blessing to another people. So I want you to do something with me today. Two things this morning. I want you to help me out with them. Number one, pray that the Lord will speak to you. Pray that God will talk to you directly. It is necessary for you to know what God is saying to your family, to your life. And number two, I want you to get your cell phone out if it's necessary in this context and go to our page, like the message, and share it with somebody else. Share it there on your Facebook. It is important for us to now let other people know what God is saying in our church today and what God is telling us today, this morning. Pastor, but I'm not familiar with that. It's okay. This is evangelistic work, and this is the way we share with others what God is saying in the sanctuary today. We welcome you also to our online uh, audience. Thank you, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for coming today to our uh, streaming. And I hope that you also get blessed where you are. I hope you can also share with others what God is telling you as well. So let's take the time now to bow our heads and pray for the presence of God in this place. Thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity once again to come to your house to have this encounter with you. We want you to bless our families, Lord. We want you to take control of them. We want you to come and dwell among us. Please, as we open your word today, and as we listen to your advice, we want to have this encounter with Jesus, Lord. Allow us to listen to his voice through the work of the Holy Spirit. Talk to us directly. Help us be closer to you. And as we open your word, may this be the light that we need in the path that we're walking on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Principles to have a happy family. And let me remind you again, the title for today is Happy Families, Not Perfect Families. Pastor, what are you talking about? I thought we were supposed to have perfect families. Are there perfect families out there? Keep looking because I think you will not find them. There is no such a thing as perfect family. Through the years, we've been imposed with this idea that we have to be aiming for perfection. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But sometimes when we put that into the context of our families, things don't work well. And things don't go according to the way we thought it was supposed to be. You know... This week has been a very rough week for myself and for many of you. But I've learned to, to, to see how families are well needed to be trained on and are needed to be nurtured and are needed to be taken care of. And it's the one thing we're lacking the most in most of the cases. 
We get busy with work, we get, we get busy with an agenda, we go out in the morning, we run to, the, to our jobs, we come back at night, we are tired, and the last thing we're putting attention on is how about our families, how our families are doing. It is true that the pillars of society are what? Families. Our church is sustained based on families, on the nucleus that we have as a family here. If there were no families, there would, there would be no society to, to look after to. Today, I want to share with you three principles of how to become or how to acquire or how to look into a happier family at home. And I tell you, this is not an easy topic to talk to, to talk about. Why is it an easy topic to talk about? Well, my theologians, uh, teachers, when they were teaching me about family relationships, they said many things that I learned and that I really appreciate and I took into heart to now put it into practice at my own home, but some of them are not married anymore. Some of those families are not there anymore. That's why this topic is not an easy topic to cover. Because it's not about theory, it's not about knowledge, it's not about Greek or Hebrew, it's not about what I read in a book, it's about what I experience every day at home. And there is more power in the sermon that is being spoken by a family well-ordained than many sermons being preached from the pulpit. When we talk about family, we are talking about us, about what we do on a regular basis. And let me tell you, we need to look to have more happy families at church. Amen to that, isn't it? We need to, he to be happy. We need to have happy families. Pastor, but what about reverence? There is time for reverence. There is time for, for being ordained, for being educated, for, to have everything around. But if there is no happiness in it, then what is? So this morning, I want you to open your heart and to listen to what God is saying. Come with me. Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. I remember looking up to one of my mentors, and, and I came to him once, came to his office, and I asked and said, what is the key to have a successful marriage? What is the key to have a successful family? What, what is it that you do? Because when I see you, I can see someone who's happy, and I can see your wife, and you guys look amazing. How do you do it? And he tells me, look, there are many things that we do. We pray together. We study together. But there is one thing that we've done through all our life experience, and it has worked for us a lot. We walk together. We spend time walking every day. We go out for a walk together. Because there, it gives us the chance to just talk about the things that we're going through. That often at home, we do not get the opportunity to do too. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, it says, And walk in love, as Christ has loved us and given himself for us. Walk in love. How does a family look when that family walks in love? What kind of image do they reflect when they walk in love? Walking in love, what does that mean, Pastor? Walking in love means be patient with one another. 
walking in love, be, be courteous to one another. Respect their opinion. Listen to what they have to say. It's not just you doing the talk. It's also having the chance to listen and stay quiet. Walking in love means that we care for that other person. We care for the ones that have been nurtured in that place. Walking in love. Something we tend to forget. Some families are together not because of love. Because what people would say if we were to go somewhere else. If we were to split. What would the community say? If they were to find out how we're going through right now. What we're going through. What my parents would say. What the society would tag us with. If we were to say we're not longer happy with each other anymore. Some of us are connected just because there is a physical space on it. We can't go to another room. I remember when we started our marriage with my wife. This is back in uh, 2011, 2012 in Mexico. My parents were in the States. Her parents were here in Canada. And every time we had a discussion, there was nowhere else to run but the next room. <laughs> Where can we go? Well, there's nowhere else but the house. You want to, take the, want to take some time off? Go to the other room and talk about it yourself and, and, and deal with it. But then you come back because there's no mama or papa's house close to us that we can run and say, I want to be with you for a week because I'm not understanding that person next to me right now. You had to learn to deal with that person next to you. Walking in love. Being patient with one another. See, love, it seems that it's a cliche, something that we've heard so many times. Uh, people have talked to us about it. We see movies about it. We see commercials about it. And everyone talks about love. But it's hard to experience it when we're not facing it at home. When we're not seeing it at home at the place where we're supposed to be nurtured with love. I don't want to go into statistics because if we were to open statistics, that will be very sad, saddening right now. Just to listen about one out of five marriages will not make it. One out of ten by their fifth year of marriage will split. Three out of seven will not make it by the tenth year of marriage. Are we seeing a necessity in society to understand how to walk in love with one another? Children are being neglected, ne neglected today. I remember back in 2007, 2006, I'm sorry. 2006, my room was in this side of the house. Then there was my brother's room, the kitchen, the living room, and my parents' room were on, was on this side. And this is 2006. My dad calls me up and says, are you coming to eat dinner with us? Yes, I'll be there right now. The way we communicate was through a cell phone inside our same house. Right now, it's more about a text message. Are you going to make it to dinner? Yeah, I'm outside. Walking with love means that we communicate with each other. Means that we make time to talk to each other. But I'm busy, and she knows I need to make ends meet, and she knows I'm trying to do my best for the family, and, I, and she knows that I am only, I'm only doing this because we want the best for everybody. And, but let me tell you, if you don't walk in love with your family, there will be no family to come to. 
after you achieve all these beautiful things you want to get for them. Walking in love means that we put things where the priority is. And we need to start prioritizing our families now. The world will give us a bunch of excuses why everything is so important and so urgent. But we need to understand family is first. This week, I learned a sad story. And I received a call Wednesday morning, Tuesday morning. And uh, my friend says, do you know that this young woman took her, took her life? I said, I can't believe it. It's my second student that has gone through that. It was my former student back in high school. And when you learn the details of it, you understand that there is a need for time at home, for listening to one another, for sharing to one another. I told my high school students this week, if you need to talk to someone, come to me. If you need to talk to someone, please come to your teachers, your pastor, your leaders, someone that you trust, but, but open up. Don't stay with that in your heart because that will consume you. And eventually it will lead you to take decisions that you wouldn't want to take. But this is the society that we're living on today that is pushing us from one way to another, forgetting that the only way we can make it in our families is if we walk in love. I'm tired of seeing people seeing dead as the solution for their problems. I'm tired of seeing people facing this as their last resource. When we believe on a God who's mighty in power to save and rescue. But the truth is that the family is under attack today. And the one thing that Satan wants us to forget is that there has to be love in the center of every family. But in order for love to be there, God has to be there. God is love. And in order for us to walk in love, we need to walk with Jesus. There is no other way to do it. When was the last time you told your husband, I love you? When was the last time you called your parents to say, I appreciate everything that you're doing that you've done for me? See, we take things for granted sometimes. And we tend to believe, well, they're going to be there all their life. And, and I'm going to be here. And, and they know already. They already know that I love her, Pastor. He, she already knows that. But how good is to hear those words again over and over. Those are the words that I don't think any one of us gets tired of hearing. I love you. But Pastor, it's hard for me to say him. I know it's hard, but it starts with one step, showing love to the people you care for. I made the decision to my wife a long time ago, and I said, I will never leave the house without telling you how much I love you. And I made this decision in those days that I knew that if I was traveling out of the house, I didn't know if I was going to come back that night. And she also knew the same thing. 
Many times I was stopped by narcs or by cops or, or by different gangs. And you know that the only time you have to say I love you is that morning when you're leaving the house. Well, many of us don't know if we're going to come back the next day or that night. Why would you leave your home without sharing with that other person how much you care for them, how much you love them? But see, it's great that we know Jesus is coming. And it's amazing that we know how many prophecies are being fulfilled. But if love doesn't make sense at home, nothing else makes sense. Do you get what I'm saying? If my cup is not being full, is not being filled at my house, what else do I have? I want you to take the time today to call your mom, call your dad and say, Dad, I love you. Mom, I love you. But pastor, you don't know the, re the relationship I have with them. You've never been there. You, don't, you have no idea what I've gone through. I don't. But that shouldn't stop you from loving them. Because love can overcome these conditions. Isn't it beautiful to walk in love? Second principle. Build each other up. I want you to come with me to 1st of Thessalonians. Chapter 5 verse 11. 1st of Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11. Look at the words that Paul is saying. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you're doing so. Some Bible says, build each other up. The place where we should be building, building each other up, it's a home. When you go to Vancouver, and you start seeing the high rises that they're building every other part of the city. Last year, there were 95 cranes in the midst of downtown of that many towers that were built. There was a project to build, if I'm not mistaken, 120 new towers from 2015 to 2021. How many new towers they were building in the, in the city? And the one thing you will find in every tower that has been built is that before you start seeing anything going up, you gotta start seeing how, dig, how, how much they're digging down in order for them to build those high towers. In order for us to be built up, we need to have a good ground. We need to have a good vase, a good foundation. And that foundation is being said and done where? At home, at the place where we dwell. Our children, in order for them to build a character like Christ, in order for them to have values that will keep them from going to this direction or that direction, but it's straightforward, God is telling, telling them to do, we need to build a foundation, a home. We need to set them on a place where they can build their characters. And that is done at home. The higher you want the, builder, the, the building to go up, the deeper you got to dig. You want your children to be successful? Build them in Christ. Pray for them. Love them. Dedicate time to them. 
Pastor, but we both have to work. I understand that we both have to work. But there is a priority that God is giving you right now. Do not forsake that priority. Do not take it for granted. Don't put it aside. This is the best work you are called to do in all your life. To build your children. Build each other up. How often do we come to places where the words of encouragement are, you're dumb. You never do things right. You don't work for this. You don't have any talents. In a society that is full of hatred, we need to start learning how to build people up. In a society that tags us, every time we make a mistake, every time we do something wrong, there's a tag that is being placed upon our heads, thinking that now you're the one who's always doing this wrong, who always makes mistakes, who always commits this, this type of false conditions. We need to learn to build each other up. See, society will forgive your mistakes. Society will be okay to forgive your mistakes or somehow to overlook at them. But it will not forgive your success. When you see a family that is working together, that is building each other up together, when you see them that they're walking together and they're walking in love together, the first thing that we tend to do or as society we tend to say is, they're probably faking it. I'm sure they must have issues. They're just putting a nice face up. Because it's hard for us to understand that the best thing we can do to each other is build each other up, not bring each other down. Happy families learn through their mistakes to see each other better and work with each other so they can do better every day. Happy, happy families understand that there is no such a thing as perfect day. That through the day you go through dif different conditions. You go through a need here and then you, you make a mistake there. And then you end up doing things that you didn't want to do. But at the end of the day, they understand that the best way to overcome this day is to build each other up saying, Thank you for what you've done for me today. Let's work together so tomorrow it can be a better day. Happy families understand that that other person is only human. That I am only human. And that I am growing and learning in this process to be more like him every day. In a society that is willing to tag us for every mistake we make, we need to learn how to build other human beings. When you look at Jesus' example, he would always find a way. Listen to what I'm saying. He will always find a way to find something positive in the character of that person he was working with. Although the negative would be bigger sometimes. He will go for the positive side of it. 
My wife has been good to me, you know. She's been amazing in this aspect. Because I used to be black and white. I used to be either you do this or you do that. You can't do in the middle. And that's true. You can't be in the middle. But if you learn to condemn everyone for black and white, you will get the same judgment every time. And in order for us to learn and to grow, we need to understand that there is a consequence for every action. Yes, but there is a background. There is a history behind. There is a reason why someone comes to that condition. And I can't just judge the person based on the decision they're making. But I also have to see what made them do that. When I would see a homeless person, the first thing I would say is they look healthy. They look young. They should be working. They shouldn't be taking advantage of the system. They should be doing that. But it's not until you dwell with them. It's not until you mingle with the person that you understand that it's not about health or, or strength or ability to work. There are some issues that are related to the mind, to the emotions, that cannot be dealt with just sending somebody off to work. Nurturing. Built each other up. How does a church look when we come to each other and say, Hey, Richard, I hope you have a great day. You're doing an amazing job. Let's go at it. Let's keep doing it. Or when we say, Man, I wish they were doing this. I wish you were known, you, you knew how to do these other parts. Our church was much better 50 years ago. Now everything is wrong. Apply that to your family. We look at other families and we say, man, that family looks better than ours. You see, they do have time for each other. They do go to the park. When we start looking at other people's, and we start wanting to get what other people have, and we lack of work in our own garden, we miss the mark. Build each other up in Christ. When was the last time you told your son or your daughter, good job, you're doing it? When was the last time you called your parents to say, Thank you for all the sacrifices you made through these years. Now I learned through myself that it's not easy what you were doing. But it's amazing that you did it. Thank you. But pastor, she made mistakes. I know she did. But he made such a mistake, pastor, you don't understand. I know they did. I am sure they did because that's what humans do. Humans make mistakes. But on top of those mistakes, we should be able to have some room to build each other up. Otherwise, how do, do we expect to have a better society? How do we expect to have a better church if at home we are not able to build each other up? Whoever has the right to judge other people or feels that he has the right to condemn other people doesn't know what Christ does and hasn't come to the knowledge yet of the character of Christ. Third principle, 
Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Bless each other. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. When you think that your parents are dumb, you're cursing them. Pastor, but I do not speak those big words. We're not allowed to say those at home. The moment you believe you know more, you know better, and that you can do it on your own, forgetting about your parents and the advices they've given you, you're cursing them. Bless and do not curse. You see, with words, we can live, we can give life to someone. And with the same words, we could kill someone. And often we use words lightly. And we just go at it and say, well, that's a dumb idea. You shouldn't be saying it. Why are you speaking like that? But what we're not understanding is that we're giving room to Satan to come and dwell in our place. By the words we're using at home and the way we're expressing about each other. Bless. And do not curse. If I could just tell you the many stories and the many couples I've been with. That everything started just with the communication issue. The things he would say to me and the, the things I would say to her. And how everything just starts to pile up. To one day, one person says, it's enough. Verbal abuse happens everywhere, even inside the church. Bless each other. It's hard for us to understand how to bless others. When we are not being taught at home how to bless others. Often I find hard to apply some of the principles that I learned. Because at home, I wasn't taught about that. Nobody told me I was supposed to do that. But thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the knowledge of Christ. Because when we come to Him, we cannot be the same person we used to be 10 years ago, 20 years ago. There's no such a thing. The Holy Spirit does a work in my life that I should be growing every single day to the image and likeness of Christ. I cannot treat my wife the way I treated her 10 years ago. I can't love my wife the way I loved her 10 years ago. No, there's no way. I have to love her more because there's more connection. There's more experience. There's more sacrifice. There's more time. There's more of everything. Therefore, my love grows for that person. But often we come to the place to say our love has gone lower and colder and the words are not there. He used to tell me thank you and now he doesn't say anything. He used to say thanks honey now he only says you're doing your job. And we start putting titles in everyone's minds and we forget that we are called to bless one another and not to curse one another.
Psalms 127 opens up this subject in such a way that now it brings us to the image of Christ in the midst of the family. And it says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. How many times have I tried in my best efforts to make my home better? We set rules, we set boundaries, we say, okay, according to this day, we're going to start doing this, and next week we're going to do that, and we have plans and a trajectory for the next five years. But then I come to the knowledge of what David is saying, and he says, unless the Lord builds the house, There are a number of conditions that are affecting our world today. But if there is one target Satan is working after, it's our families and our children. He's doing the most possible he can do to tear that apart. That's the place where a man and a woman experiencing the likeness of God Create new beams for this world and eternity. And he knows if he is to destroy that, he destroys the image of God in human race. In human race. Therefore, we are called to set up altars so people can see that our home, it's a home that belongs to the Lord. And that we understand that in, in the only way we can sustain ourselves and the only way we can stay with each other is if the Lord is building our house. I have seen too many people getting divorced. I have seen too many children wandering around whether their dad is over here and their mom is over here. They shouldn't be paying that price. It is on you and me to learn better. You want to have a successful home. You want to have a happy home. Let the Lord dwell in your place. There is no better key for that. There is nothing better than that. Our world is in chaos. And the moment that it went through chaos is the moment the families left God aside, thinking that it was their decision to do things. Jesus is coming again. And he wants to save your family. And he wants to save your children. And he wants to fix what he was broken because of the sin. But today you have to make a decision. And the decision you have to make is to allow the Lord to come and work at your home. Unless the Lord helps you build the house, you will labor in vain. Don't get tired and weary trying to do it yourself. Ask for help. There are so many things happening today. 
And I'm just tired of seeing the youth paying the price of parents not knowing what they were doing together. Because the youth, our children, is just the mere image of what the marriage is about or what the family is experiencing. You want to know how the family is doing? Look at the children. They will show you the true image of how the parents are working together. It's true. When we see our society, what do we see? When we see our children, what do we see? It is time for us to continue on the preaching of the gospel of the world, of the word. But as we go out to preach and to reach and to knock on doors and to tell them that Jesus is coming. Do not forget that you have a family next to you. That is also being prepared to go with you to heaven. It is good for you to do that without stopping or forsaking this other work. Our families want and need to be with us in heaven. Often, as leaders, we take roles and we go out and we serve and we do and, and we give ourselves to everybody. But we forget that the first place where we need to give everything is to our family. And you might be a successful person, a successful businessman. You could have all the titles of this world. And you can achieve all the goals you want to achieve. But if your family is not reflecting the same success, nothing else matters. I got to be honest with you. God gave you a church. And that's the church you are to pastor. That's the church you are to minister. Happy families, not perfect families. We're not asking for perfection. I am not asking my family to be perfect. I want our families to be happy. Because you know who's the one that brings joy? It's God in our hearts. He will deal with imperfections. Pastor, but if you were only to see my children, I know. Satan is also doing his part. But he has promised that if he builds the house, he will keep it no matter what kind of earthquake comes around. The verse finishes saying, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Through the years, I thought that achieving goals and achieving perfection in different areas was the most valuable thing I could do. Recently, and I say this recently, I learned that it's my family and their happiness that I should aim for. Hey, I was working in a conference where I was leading 150 churches. And I was traveling 51 Sabbaths a year. I would only spend one Sabbath at home a year. 
I wasn't there when my kid was able to do his first Bible verse at church. I wasn't there when he turned his uh, first year and second year when he was in his birthday. Because I was traveling serving the church. And I do not regret serving the church. But through my own experience, the Lord told me, you need to deal with this first before you deal with this second. Because I can be a good pastor and I can be preaching anywhere, everywhere. And, and you could see my pay, picture in a poster and you could say how good a pastor we have. And how amazing the message he's given. But what about my family? And if I open up to this to you, it's because I need you to understand that you could have a good work and you could have a good reputation at work. And you could get the best race you could ever have and the best title of the company. But if your sons and daughters are not there with you, what good is it for? Happy families, not perfect families. God has talked to us and has shown us from Eden. He gave us this beautiful gift, which was family. He wants to save your house. He wants to save your children. But now you have to make a decision today. Will you allow him to come and dwell at your home? Joshua, before he, he lets the people go, he's about to tell the last words to his people. They're in Joshua 24. He talks to the brethren. He says, look, before you, you have Canaan. All the blessings and all the beautiful land. And back there you have Egypt with all the gods. And all the different idolatry uh, uh, images that they had. And you have to choose today. Where are you going to go? Whether you're going to return to the gods we used to have. And to the people we used to trust. And to the images we used to follow. Or are you going to trust God that he's giving you a better land and a better future? I encourage you, I command you today to seek the Lord and to look for his blessing. Because my, me and my house will follow the Lord. Every family will have to come to an end, to a decision, to a point where you have to decide which way are you going to go. Today, God is telling you this is the way you should go. But it will be your decision. As a church, we are open to nurture your family, to help you, to support you. This is what church is about, to build each other up, to bless and to not curse each other. So I hope that our families that are here being nurtured and the ones that are online today, that you may find a better answer for whatever you're going through. I do not want to see our children be taken by Satan. It is our need to pray for one another. It is our re request and our responsibility to look after these kids that have been now nurtured at our church. We see them back there. Pray for them. Encourage them. Build them up. When you see them through the hole, smile to them, hug them, tell them how much you love them. This is their church. 
enough of isolation, enough of hate. Love one another. Walk in love as Jesus Christ did. May God bless you. Yeah.
We have a rock, we have an anchor. Thank you, Lord, for not abandoning us and leaving us to our own faith, but for willing to work with us and despise of us. You're willing to do your best in the midst of our families. We pray for those children, Lord, that are here today and those who are not here. We know them and you know them by name. You know their hearts and their needs and the conditions they're living on. We pray for those who know about your truth and that have gone in a different direction. That you may bring them back to this house of prayer. But especially to their families where they can be nurtured in the truth. We pray for those families who are going through struggles today. That you give them a better understanding of their condition and their need of you in the midst of them. We pray for those children, Lord, and we pray for those parents who might feel lonely today, who might feel a little bit uh, on the side. We pray that you give them the strength and the hope they need in their hearts. We pray for our community that it needs more love and needs to be lifting up more families together. May you come and dwell among our church members, our community, here in Williams Lake and through the media, the ones that are looking today and the ones that have come to your knowledge through it. May you bless us, Lord, and allow us to understand that the only anchor we have, it's in you. In you we put our trust. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> 